Stunt Podcast. Hey everybody, before we begin today's special interview with Terra Virtua, I just wanted to introduce November's sponsor of the show, Async Art, the new blockchain art movement where people can create, collect, and trade programmable art. If you don't know, programmable artwork is made up of different layers that can evolve over time, reacting to its owners or even external factors like stock prices and the weather. And Async has a pretty big November coming up. On November 6th, you can check out a layer change on Micah Johnson's artwork, Sovereignty, that'll celebrate Bitcoin birthday for one of the children pictured in the art. The change will reveal a wallet, QR code, and address that will accept Bitcoin donations to help fund the child's future. On November 15th, look out for a crazy big drop featuring Trevor Jones and a lot of money of a work titled ETH Boy. The date could change, so make sure you stay tuned for future updates. And for all the updates and for everything else, make sure you go to async.art. That's A-S-Y-N-C dot art to check out all the things about async art. And now let's get into today's show. Okay, we're live. This is Matthew, and I'm back with my dude Rizzle for another special interview on the Matthew and Rizzle show. Today, we have the biggest podcast we've ever recorded. We have three gentlemen from a really, really interesting digital collecting marketplace project that you may have heard of called Terra Virtua. Uh, really excited to be joined by co-founder and CTO, Jawad, as well as chief strategy officer and founder of Dark Mode, Jeff Holmberg, <laughs> and growth hacker, growth hacker himself, Russ Frankie. I'm really excited to have all of you guys on the show with us, and welcome. Thank you. Thank you very yeah. much. Pleasure to be here. <laughs> nice intro. Three people. Love it. <laughs> I was about to say, uh, founder of Dark Mode in general, or founder of Dark Mode for Terra Virtue? We're going to be like, who is this guy? <laughs> is he the guy? He coded no, that for Twitter? No. <laughs> so, Leaving it hanging. Yeah. Just go with it, right? I'm a celebrity now. I quoted Dark Mode for Twitter. No. Just roll with it, man. No, we're happy to be be here. Yeah. And and to get started, I feel like, I mean, all three of you here, it's a great opportunity to get to know each of you individually. Um, So real quick, kind of rapid fire, go through introductions. I guess, Jawad, starting with you, um, tell me who you are. Okay. So uh, my name is Jawad Ashraf, um, CTO and co-founder of Tura Virtual. This was founded by myself and Gary Bracey, um, who's the CEO. And I've been, I've been at this for the last few years. And the background is I've been working in tech for the last 25 years and um, building and building different companies, looking at disruptive industries and then um, make, bringing them to market and then exiting. And this is something that was a real passion of mine. And it's been the last three years it's taken to build up this platform and this universe that we're going to talk about today. Yeah, yeah. So, so my name is Jeff Holmberg, as, as uh, Matthew said. I'm chief strategy officer here, and uh, I am born and raised in the New York area in the United States. I've actually started my career in finance. I am a former Wall Street guy. I worked on trading desks my whole life. Worked at Merrill Lynch, Goldman Sachs. Eventually, I got sick of it, um, and eventually found my way into the blockchain space. Worked with a few smaller companies there finally found my way over working with partnerships at OpenSea for a short stint before I made my final move over to Terra Pachua, where obviously now I take all of my experience with trading marketplaces, uh, partnerships, and, and dealing with all sorts of fun people and loop it into a whole big strategy campaign. And it's his final move. He's going nowhere after this. 
That's it. And Stan, I, I mean, you can be I mean, if you got if, those if, golden if, handcuffs, would I ever want to give up the title of founder of Dark Post? <laughs> okay. You're not going to find that on Angel List or, or job sites, right? So I'd be a fool to move. No, I love it here. It's, it's, it's a lot of fun. It's very fun here. And, uh, you know, I, I think people that are listening, you'll find a lot of things that we talk about are, are quite intriguing. So cool. And then, Russ, tell us a little bit about yourself. I'm a. Uh... Yeah, I'm Russ, and uh, basically I'm the newbie here. Um, not necessarily a growth hacker, uh, more of a community advocate. Um, and yeah, I, I've, uh, I've been with them for a little over two weeks now, and golly, I learn something new every day. The, these guys definitely know what they're doing, and, and they have uh, a lot of experience in the space. And um, I'm always like wanting to tell more, like what's going on behind the scenes. But uh, you know, you'll you'll get to see what I'm talking about as this podcast rolls out. But yeah, just about me. I've been with the the community uh, block sack for 15 months before I switched over here. Long time NFT collector. Uh, just basically been in and out of all a lot of communities, front end developer um, for a lot of projects. And uh, yeah, this is the, kind of the first time I've came out of the shadows and and actually like took a, a, a an actual role um, outside of like you know these uh, freelance gigs and stuff and and then working with block sack. So. I'm really excited to really like have my full focus on, on a project like this. It really is like an honor to be here and, and it's really humbling to work with these guys. But yeah, that's me. No, but, but also it's great to have a fresh pair of eyes because when you've been doing it for as long as we have, I mean, let's face it, you know, yeah, one yeah. year in crypto is 10 years normal time. So we've been feeling like we've been out for the last few years. And to have a fresh pair of eyes on this, it's invaluable. Russ has brought in some great insights even the short time he's been. These are golden Swiss <laughs> army knives. Uh, and that's sort of, I mean, I wanted to get right into, I mean, you, you, Jawad, you've been building this for over three years, you said. So I'm curious if you can kind of take us through the, the genesis of the idea for Terra Virtual until up until where it is today uh, and it's sort of its mission, what it's aiming for right now. Sure. Okay. So um, as I mentioned before, my background is uh, is building technology companies, normally on things that I'm really passionate about. <clears throat> and I was very interested um, in the whole field of blockchain. You know, I, I came across it about four and a half years ago, um, followed it with a, with a lot of vigor. But mm-hmm. the two fields that seemed to be really interesting and potentially could be disruptive were, was like the intersection of gaming, VR and blockchain. Because I'm a gamer. I've been playing games my whole life. And what was very interesting to me was people were spending hundreds of millions of dollars in games like Fortnite for skins. Mm -hmm. And there was more gravitation towards digital items. And the way that I was looking at it was that VR would be the end goal of where those items would then exist. But with something like the blockchain, it meant you had a permanence to your assets that could live on. Um, um, even after you. And so one of the things that I was interested in was trying to find a way to bring them together. So the first thing I did was before Terra Virtua, I actually founded a little VR company to try to get some metrics on what was happening in the market because we couldn't get any. Google weren't giving any, Oculus weren't giving any. So created a little uh, studio and started launching VR games to try to test and see how many people were downloading and using them. Mm. And then after that, I sort of realized, okay, we need to go ahead and get some expertise onto the crew. I understand technology, good, good working understanding of blockchain, even though it's change, uh, changing every, even weekly. What we need to do is try to find a way to 
bring this to a mass market because my back the background is that um, with anything that you have I mean, before you have um, email which was simplified and the internet which was simplified you had CompuServe and, and then you had closed ecosystems that were very niche and for small group of people but when you made it available to everyone then the market became exponential and so when they when the internet came away from universities and it had a nice interface and a nice layer was presented to the mass market, that's when you had critical mass. And that's how I was viewing blockchain because um, there was a lot of distrust around it because it's such a wonderful disruptive technology. There's so much you can do with it. There's naturally going to be fair. And, but the end user that you have doesn't care about it. It's plumbing. All they care about is that secure. But right now, somebody at the time when I did Terra Virtua, I was thinking, well, people, when they look at, the blockchain, they associate with certain things, they associate with crypto, whereas actually it's got a lot of incredible benefits, but the end user doesn't really need to know about it. And for the mass market perspective, all the behaviors are the same. You know, people know how to use coins, people know how to make digital purchases. So I sort of had this idea and then I, then I hunted down Gary Bracey and he was one of the, um, he was he was one of the main guys in a software house called Ocean Games in the UK, which at one point was one of the biggest video games in, in the world. And what he was responsible for was pioneering the taking video games, licensing movies, and he made the first video games based on movie IP. So I thought he would be a wonderful person to try to shape this idea and try to make like an NFT experience which was more than just buying something and trading it, which had a whole level of utility and experience with virtual reality being foremost in my mind and having the ability to go ahead and bring that experience to the mass market. So we, we you know, like video games, computer games used to be in people's bedrooms. Now they're in the living room. And that's what I wanted to do with NFTs. Mm -hmm. And with Gary, we formulated this idea, uh, went VR first for the first year that we uh, were setting up Terra Virtua. And then we realized VR is maybe three, four years away. And then we decided that we'd have an NFT platform, but make it go wider. So we'd have a, a platform which was web, but then have the ability that when you bought the NFT to make it work in mobile. So you'd have it in augmented reality, then have it working in 3D on the desktop, you know, with Unreal in full 3D environments, and then also have it work in VR. So where we started was NFTs, blockchain, and VR, and then we actually decided to go much wider to create an experience so that when you buy an NFT, you can experience it in any way you want. And what we did along the way, we built an incredible team with you know Rush, Jeff, um, Gary, um, Doug Dyer, one of our guys. He was like, he's a guy from Microsoft who was responsible for Rise of um, for Rise of Empires. One of, it was a big game, and he was one of the founders of Warner Brothers Digital. And he bought with him his address book and contacts. And same with Gary, we then went in and we spoke to a whole bunch of studios. So over the last year, we've been on the whole thing of building the platform, but then also trying to engage studios who've never heard of an NFT before. And non-fungible token sounds like something you might get, you know, on your toe or something like that. So, so we had to couch it as digital collectibles, explain what they are, explain the utility, and take studios on a journey with us. So we managed to sign up some incredible brands um, who bought into what Terra Virtue was doing. 
and they bought into blockchain and the digital space. So we had Paramount start off by giving us 10 of the top movies. They literally let us go through the entire catalog and choose the first top 10 movies that we wanted to work with. We had Legendary who came on board with us very early. And last year, even at Comic-Con, we launched um, our NFT collection, you know, at Comic-Con, we had the cast there and did an exclusive screening of Lost in Space with the cast. So it's been a journey to take it from an idea to get the best people to go from pure VR to a wider ecosystem and then take brands with you along the way. And now we're at a point where um, we just uh, finished a private round and now we're expanding the company out even more and focusing on what we're going to be doing next, which is going to be just lots of incredible stuff. We've created this ecosystem which crosses multiple environments that we launched simultaneously a few months ago. We launched VR, we launched augmented reality mobile app, we launched the website, we launched the desktop, and we had the VR already on the same day, which in itself was a bit of an engineering feat. And um, now we're looking to take it to the next level, which is not only just taking what we do, which is take make great NFTs, bring in great artists from the mainstream and bring them to um, the NFT crypto world, but then also to bring in people who don't know the first thing about crypto or NFTs and bring them in from the mass market into this world where they, where they can stake, where they can buy, where they can see things done by crypto artists and creators. So that's really one of our main missions because our, the, the deals that we have with the studios and, the, and, and all the brands that we work with is that as part of what we're doing is that they will promote us into the mainstream. So if you go to the Godfather Twitter page right now on Paramount, you'll find them talking about Terra Virtua. That's what we're trying to do. Bring those people in, introduce them to this world, increase the amount of people that are actually participating in the whole ecosystem. And then we expect, you know, we're planning to bring in millions of new people into this space. Right now it's a club and we want to make it something that everyone can enjoy and in a really social interactive way. So that huge monologue is sort of like a journey snapshot of where we've been and where we're going. Dude, I like every single thing you're saying, honestly. And, and you, you guys have clearly put a lot of time and effort into, uh, you know, examining the space and trying to figure out where it's going to go. And, uh, you know, you mentioned critical mass and, I feel like when you say names like legend, legendary paramount, um, you know, obviously NBA, the NBA has entered the NFT scene. I mean, to, to me, that all sounds like we're, we're getting very close, but I am curious considering the amount of research that you guys have done, like how, how close or far do you feel like we actually are from what we all feel is, is the inevitable course of events and, and hitting that critical mass? In my mind, I think we're going to get there within two years. I mean, we think that within within two years, we will have over 2 million people participating in this platform. Just, just by doing some simple metrics, because like what we're doing, for example, let's just say we have a platform, we talk with brands and we make NFTs. Now, what we're going to be doing in Terra Virtua is we're going to not just stick to that as a model because ultimately look there are thousands of brands around the world and remember when we talk about that critical mass this is global critical mass it's not just in america you know we've been um, as i said we just finished our race and one of the key things that we've done is that we brought in partners who actually cover arabia um, they cover um, India, they cover Bollywood, they cover Indonesia, um, we've got Korea, we've got China, we've got the US and Europe. So there's IPs in every territory. And what we want to do, and I believe this is going to be key to the critical mass piece, is 
Right now, we know how to work with the brands. We can make NFTs. We've got, we got you know, 40 people in-house who design 3D modelers, developers doing this stuff. But how many can we do as Terra Virtua? You know, maybe we can do 100. We want to embrace all the IPs, all the brands, and allow opportunities for creators in the NFT space and generally creators everywhere to participate in the ecosystem. So what we will be doing is that once, the way that we look at it is that we are showing how to make incredible, engaging NFTs, not something that is just a flat image on a website. We want something 3D models. If you've got artwork, make it animated. Use the fact it's digital to its great advantage. But what we intend to do is then open it up. So if we have a brand coming to us, like a great Chinese brand, let's say they want to license Monkey King, great following in China, we can actually then get figure out exactly what's required, create a portfolio of what the studio would want, then open it out to a creator community who isn't Terra Virtua, give them some guidance, allow them to stake and build these NFTs that they can then build on behalf of the studio and participate in a revenue share. So if you now are creating a marketplace that's going to allow creators and brands to come together, and we deal with all other aspects of the of the platform and the minting and the legals and the compliance. You know, there's so much of this is legal compliance and respecting the brand. You know, there's things that are out there right now in the NFT land that when the market gets more mature, the studios, the brands are going to have real problems with it because you have to respect the fact that people own IP. You have to respect the fact that people own what they have. And when people start using it and then selling it, and like we've seen a lot of that in the different platforms, you know, um, people are taking copies of things that original artists have done and passing off as their own. That's got to really be patrolled because if it's going to get mature, you have, and by IP, I mean intellectual property. But um, if you want a market to get mature, you have to let people patrol it in a way that they feel safe. If you sell something, you need to know that it's not going to be copied. And we're trying to create a safe environment, mm -hmm. but an environment which will let brands engaged and also by creating an ecosystem, allow lots of people to participate. If Disney want to create a new poster for a movie in China, get a local great digital artist to create the posters for them that are going to be distributed. Don't try to figure out the territories where you don't know anything about. And that's what this marketplace is intended to be. And critical mass for us is when we start connecting those brands with those creators and then those creators have got their own fans, everyone will come, you know, from the moviegoers to the people who love the, the, the music or the movie or the sports and their general fans. And then we'll blend them with, together with collectors because you've got fans and collectors, but everyone's a fan of something. So you bring them together and then all of a sudden you hit critical mass. That's why I think that's. Yo, Russ, you're right, dude. These guys are legit, man. <laughs> I love the idea of using the IP, um, like that incredible IP that you're talking about, as a, a really powerful lure to bring in these fans uh, and then kind of show them the magic of what it means to be a collector. Because when you, when, once you start collecting something, that's when yeah. the whole relationship gets incredibly sticky. And and what I want to kind of do now, like we, I think we have a really great high-level overview of, of the direction all the, the sort of moving pieces. Um, but I kind of want to zoom down into the actual app. Like when a user goes to terravirtua.io, right? Which, which preparing for this talk, like it was a great forcing function to get me signed up, to get on the, the marketplace, uh, actually buying an avatar. But there's so many things going on, right? So after you buy the avatar, like for example, in my case, I bought a, a Von Schock avatar. I saw that there's, 
I saw that that there's things like fan caves. There's an art gallery. There's a Terra Dome. I love the name. Um, And then there's there's the website, obviously, but then the PC app. I mean, after someone buys something on the marketplace, like what is, what should the, the user journey be from that point on? Uh, okay, sure. Um, so basically the whole idea is that when you buy the asset, um, when you buy the digital collectible, it's now available to you immediately in any media platform that we've provided. So um, what we do, for example, is so let's say that you, you bought that character and that character is interesting as well because we created those lines of robots ourselves. Mm-hmm. So they're our own IP. And it was very interesting that when we created Terra Virtual, we love our V-Flex. We love those little robots. And we created a whole mythology and family around them, but we weren't sure if anyone would ever buy one. And it's actually the number one selling product we have. It sells more than any IP we have. We drop them, people buy them. But you bought that on the website and you can click a button on the website and you can see it in 3D. Yeah. Then if you download the mobile application, and you sign in with the same credentials you have, you can then make that appear wherever you are on your mobile phone. And so you can, make, you, you, can, you can make Von Shack appear in your lounge and have him just sit, standing around in your room, waving at you, doing all the animations. Then you can film him. You can take photos of him. You can take photos with him, and then you can post it on social. And, and then you can share it with your friends. And then ultimately... Um, you'll also be able to, um, you, well, not ultimately, you can. You can download the Fan Cave, and the Fan Cave is a 3D Unreal um, environment, which in a month's time is going to be completely customizable. And this is your room, and you can go in and any anything you bought. So, so you the the one the product that you bought, the, the Von Shack robot that you bought. You can actually go into, install this installer. It's a beautiful 3D room. You click on a button, it shows you your wallet. You can see your robot. You can click on it and he will appear rendered in 3D in the room. And then you can walk around the room and you can put stuff in different places. You can put the posters up. Anything you have is now in your own space. And then you can switch to a massive room called the Terra Dome. So let's just say that instead of the robot, you bought a great big four by four, you mm-hmm. know, or, or the lost in space um, um, buggy or the spaceship. You could then walk out of your room, switch to the Terra Dome, and you could have the spaceship bigger than you are hovering above you. And, you know, with Pacific Rim coming down the road, you're going to have the huge monsters, that's, you know, and kaiju in the Terra Dome. So when you buy, it's immediately available in AR. It's immediately available in, in um, 3D. And we have got a VR version, which we're, which we're just going through the process of approval for with, with Oculus. And that's what you can do today. But the idea is that as we move forward, these spaces will come, become social spaces. So let's just say that you are actually, you go to the website, you, you buy the robot, and then we're going to have the ability to have like a, let's say a fan group for, for that robot family that somebody set up. So you can follow that fan group and then you can enter the fan group's dome where all the collectors can put all of their stuff and you can go around and you can, you can play with it. You can see it. It's like a virtual exhibition is curated by the fans for the fans around IPs or brands or whatever they want to do. And that's, environments that you'll be able to participate in. So we're going to take social to a different level. And when you do it in VR, oh, it's completely different. You, you feel it, you know, you pick it up, you hold it, you can walk up to it, you can, you can, there's a guitar on the floor, you pick it up, you can play the guitar. This is really cool. That level of interactivity is what's there now, but we've got a mission to start this and go way deeper. And 
this is actually probably a good point to talk about one thing, which is, <clears throat> so right now we've created this environment with all of these things connected together. When we initially built this, one of the challenges we had was um, that discussion about these things being in a wall garden so that people could buy, but they couldn't necessarily just take them willy-nilly everywhere. So essentially, when we built the platform initially, phase one was to make a closed ecosystem. So when you buy the NFT, you can buy, you can trade, you can do everything. But today, you can't take it out of Terra Virtua. Now, that situation is changing in that we're moving to Matic. We're great friends with OpenSea and, you know, multiple other platforms, Meme, et cetera. We're, you know, we're doing stuff with them. You'll see Meme Vflect appearing soon. And we're having the ability for anything you have to be taken outside of our environment and traded, where we're also working for people to bring their NFTs into our environment. So if you bought a really cool NFT, then you're just gathering dust on your wallet. You know, like we're talking to Leandro in crypto motors. Imagine buying one of his crypto motors, but then bringing it into Terra Virtual and having it in the Dome so you can walk around it. You can see it on your drive. So that's what you can do now. And that's potentially what you'll be, well, you will be able to do in the very near future, within a few months. We're working so you're trying to take over the entire metaverse? Is that is that basically, no, 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 no. <laughs> basically where Terraverse comes up? I mean, dude, it's cool. No, I'm, I'm just kidding in, in some sense of the way. But I mean, I know we touched a little bit on like interoperability and like the direction that everything's going. And, you know, you threw thrown around the jargon uh, Terraverse. And yeah, go ahead, Jeff. I, I didn't mean to cut you off. Interested to hear your thoughts on it. I, I think, you know, one of the biggest problems that we find in this industry now is when we there, you know, there, there are a bunch of marketplaces. OpenSea has been the king of the marketplaces of, of the blockchain uh, sector for, for quite some time. And I think, you know, everyone's familiar with them. And, you know, when you purchase items from OpenSea, um, you know, people, if you want to view them in mobile, I think, you know, a lot of people have been using Trust Wallet. You can see collectibles in there. The point is, whenever you're buying something, primarily when you're looking at it, you're looking at just a PNG. You're looking at just a, a thumbnail in Trust Wallet. It's, it's, it's really boring. You know, when you, when you purchase... Let's say you purchase a, a piece of art from like a Trevor Jones or something, something that has some high value to it. You're really kind of devaluing yourself. I just hey, look at my phone. I see a little, you know, half inch by half inch thumbnail of it. And that's it. And the problem of that occurring in the space, we thought, is how can people showcase this stuff, right? If I am a sneaker collector in real life, am I just going to shove all of my sneakers into a, you know, a closet? And then maybe, you know, show a, a part of a lace of one sneaker. Or do you want to just have your collection all on the wall and showcase it for people to see, take pictures of it, videos of it, right? So we thought the, the, the feel and the design of something to be able to showcase this stuff to, in a positive way, flex your ego, right? Maybe we should hashtag that, uh, Russ. You know, f- you know, flex your ego basically is, is – if I have a massive collection, you know, we're, we're pretty actually close with the whale shark community. And we know that in his, the vault, um, yeah. there is just $2 million worth of NFTs. And, you know, so we really wanted people to be able to showcase larger items, which can go into the Terror Dome, which is you know, spaceships, cars, larger animal figurines, so to speak. You know, the art gallery, we wanted to give it, I think uh, Crypto Voxels is really big in the space right now. When it came on the scene, it was super cool. And we thought, you know, without stepping into that type of territory, what could we do for our art gallery? So we give it a real museum and classic art gallery feel as you walk through it. 
you know, we even have that that art gallery music in the background playing when you're when you're when you're walking through it. But you you have a uh, this vibe whenever you go into one of our um, fan caves, we'll call it. Whether it's the fan cave itself, which is like more of that basement feel, collectors room feel, the terror dome for like I mentioned for the larger items, or the art gallery, you're really getting the vibe of the space that you're walking into. And the cool thing is, you can take pictures of this, you can take videos of it, you can showcase and use your stuff finally. You don't have to look at a very small thumbnail. You know, you have an opportunity to really present your collection in a way, like I said, to flex your ego, show off to friends, show off to family, show off to other people in this space and get, look at all my stuff. You know, I, I'm the biggest, um, you know, crypto space commanders collector, or I have the most gods unchained cards, you know, all this stuff. And we think, you know, when oper- interoperability is, is fully complete, uh, like Jay said, within a few months, we're just going to have a rush of people that want to showcase art they've bought, uh, perhaps crypto space commander ships, you know, they're, like yeah, I said, I gods and chain cards. So it's, it's, we're solving the problem of how to actually use NFTs from a collectible standpoint, how to showcase them and how to interact with them. And the coolest thing about this is, is touching upon VR. Imagine going into your fan cave dome or art gallery and being able to actually pick up your NFT and turn it around, hold it in your hand, look at it. You, you know, if you want to move a collectible off a, a shelf, take it down from the top shelf and place it on the bottom shelf. I don't think you're going to be able to do that anywhere else right now. And so it really gives the feel of the digital item being as close and comparable as a real life physical item as possible. Right. So now don't when you finish. Yeah. So, so now when you, when you have, you know, the, the, the shoe collections or the Funko pop collections, you know, that, that people have in these, in their rooms or basements or these, these big uh, storage areas to showcase them, you have that feel and, and showcase now exactly into the digital space. Yeah, and um, one thing I wanted to add to that, I mean, one word that you mentioned was metaverse. Now, this is a bit with Terraverse is a bit upside down. Um, like we're sort of flying a bit against conventional thinking because um, this was actually one of the main thinking points when we first put this whole thing together was that right now there's a concept that you have a metaverse with a fixed amount of land and then you populate the land. And... Where we come from is that what we've done instead, we've reached, we, we have the concept that it should be infinitely extensible. You know, we're, we're huge fans of Ready Player One. You know, we, we want it to be big and continue to grow over time and expand and extend. We don't want it to be a place that eventually gets cluttered or a place which is very desolate. So the way that we've done it is that you have these environments like the fan cave. So let's say I've got this room and I customize it and I'm a Godfather fan. I'm gonna put the wallpaper up, I'll make it everything I want and all my Godfather memorabilia is there. Then eventually I'll be able to mint it as my own NFT that I own. So my instance of the room is my own NFT. But then I can then create a new room and then I can customize it and one room will link to the other. And then if I've got a terror dome, I can have 10 terror domes. I could have 20 fan caves and they can be different environments and they grow and they're all linked. They expand and expand and expand. 
So the, our metaverse concept is a bit upside down. We're growing outward and outward with seeing no end to it, as opposed to a finite space that you populate. So our paradigm is a bit different as well. It's really interesting. And I mean, obviously, Rizzo and I being, uh, I mean, we've built up the WIP, which is our own like metaverse event. Um, uh, based on the desktop for now, we haven't really incorporated or only a few of our users have actually used uh, their headsets when they, they come to the, this metaverse event. But I'm curious, I mean, your guys' perspective on um, like the rate of VR adoption with the new Quest coming out definitely seems like there's a big boost in interest that it's a beautiful price point. It seems like a beautiful project. Um, controversy aside with the, the company behind it. it. It seems really amazing from my perspective. I, I ordered one, but I'm curious in, in terms of the adoption yeah. rate, um, like how quickly are we going to see um, the Terraverse populated for example? You know what? Until, until you see it, I'm not, I mean, our, this Terraverse is going to be expanding. It's not reliant on VR. We, just by being on the mm-hmm. desktop and using Unreal, it's there. And it's expandable and it's going to continue to grow even without VR. In my mind, VR is not going to become mainstream until they, you know, you get in close, you get closer to sunglasses, you get close to something which is super lightweight and convenient, then everyone will run to it. And then also one thing which has stopped VR from really, really going well is, and this is coming from our background of video gaming, I mean, Gary and Doug, etc. Every platform that's done really well has had a killer app a killer game, which is the thing that's driven everyone to it. When the PlayStation came out, Ridge Racer, yeah, you know, the, the, you know, Ridge Racer and, Tech, yep. and, and Tekken, you know, they were, bench, they were key games. And with every generation, the Xbox was Halo, but VR hasn't had that moment yet. When there's a, either the hardware gets super light or there's one killer game, that drives people to it. I mean, the newest version of Half-Life is the closest thing to that in VR, but there's nothing there that makes you just think, oh, damn, I'm going to go buy that hardware right yeah. now. That's 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 what made people get into the PlayStation and the Saturn and the Xbox and every console you can imagine, yeah. Mario for the Nintendo. When VR has that moment, that's when it's going to reach mass adoption. It could be tomorrow if a studio comes out with the right game. Okay. So then, I mean, I, I love that analogy back to the gaming world. I feel like, yeah, I mean, it, there needs to be that that lightning strike of a game that catches everyone's attention, that gets them coming in mass into the space. Uh, I mean, is it is it your feeling that it's going to be game-based um, or, or is it something, I mean, I guess it's the most logical kind of assumption. It has to be. It has, it has, look, we all love playing games. You know, you can have experiences, but what experience is truly transformative, but a video game, which is in VR, I mean, Elite Dangerous, you know, I've been playing Elite back from when it was on the BBC. And when you play that in VR, my God, it's something else. But when the head, when the, when the, when, when it gets to the point where I can literally put on a pair of shades or something incredibly light Mm -hmm. and I can play it anywhere, why would I want to go to my laptop or my or my gaming machine? And with the haptic feedback, you know, the fact that you can now use your hands and the sensors look at the way your hands move, we're going in the right direction. And Facebook has put an awful lot of money into it. They're, they're not going to be cutting the losses on this one anytime soon, I don't think. No, I'm interested to see how it all takes shape, takes shape man. I mean, and honestly, in my opinion, the biggest hurdle in VR gaming is that it's a solitary event that you can't show anyone unless you literally take your headset off and put it on the person next to you 
or you need to have multiple headsets in order for the people you're hanging out with to all play the same thing simultaneously. And, and that's, it's a really interesting point that you pull up, man, because I, I do agree at some point, a game will be released where that doesn't matter or, or people don't care or people will be, you know, it, it'll be cool enough that, you know, everyone will just be satisfied with playing with everyone else who has a VR headset. But I mean, there's some like really cool games out for it now. Like, you know, I think of even just something simple like Beat Saber is like very fun and addicting, but like, I can't play it at the same time as my wife unless I order a whole nother headset. And, you, you know, she wants to see what I'm doing. I got to take the thing off. And, uh, <laughs> you know, there's some like logistical hurdles in just being able to show people what's cool is going on. Unless I set up some screen share type of situation. Well, it's, it's just sort of like a janky workaround. It sort of is. But, but like um, Oculus did build into the Quest the ability for it to stream in real time onto a mobile phone. Before that, it is cool. So, so as you're playing, somebody can on their mobile phone see what you're doing. So they build that into their system. I, I, I think it comes out of the box. It's one of the connectors you can do. And so they did it for that. I think when other people can see what you're doing on their devices, and that's what they did right, That that's part of it. But you know what? It just comes down to cost. If it's cheap and it's light, you'll buy three. Yeah. You know? And Agreed. But the thing is, you won't have people doing that until there's a killer game to drive people to buy so many that they can invest in the R&D to take you there quickly. Right now, it's all incremental. Nah. But it's good. <laughs> but, and, you know, we've seen it lots of times. I mean, I used to use uh, play with computers, you know, God, the ZX, uh, black and white uh, computers, the Atari ST, from video games in my bedroom to these, you know, the new Xbox and the Playstations. It's it's all, it all comes down to, it's always driven by games and price. Yeah, just, just to chime in on the end of that, like I've, I've been, oh man, if you haven't played Population 1, like I really do think it's that game. Like the return value is insane for me. Like I've been hitting people up in Discord, like anyone else playing, you know, trying to get my squad together. But my wife, I can only play for an hour. And then she's like, you look sunburned after you get off like that thing. I'm like, yeah, my, my face, my face is cooking, but I love the game. So like if we can get down to sunglasses and, Dude, I actually like I'm a little bit sore after playing too. I'm like, I don't even need to work out, honestly. Like my 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 uh one of my my lats, my my uh His VR muscles muscles in it. Anyway, <laughs> dude, my glutes, my wife said my glutes were on fire. <laughs> but no, like for real, I, I, I totally agree with, with Jawad. And like every time I get off that thing, I'm like, man, if this thing was a little lighter on my face, I'd spend so much time in here. But uh yeah, I, I'm dude, I'm so excited. So I just want to chime in there because I'm I'm a huge VR fan, and, and when I heard about Terra Virtual, and I got to see some sneak peeks of what they got cooking in, in on on uh, anyway, like it's it's insane. Like they do it justice, and that's the, they that that's something I wanted to add with the NFT stuff is they're like they do good by in existing NFTs. Like um, you want to see your crypto kitties breed in real time? No, I'm kidding. That was a joke. <laughs> but like it's it's like they they really do enhance the experience they're not trying to like take you away from what you're used to they're just enhancing the ecosystem overall um and to me like to be a part of this and to have some like heavy hitters like them in this space is like again like i'm truly humbled to be here so i just wanted to plug that there tease tease what's cooking man i know uh you guys have done a little name dropping and it's all very cool and you got some big brands that you guys are working with uh you want want to give us a sneak peek on what's coming up well yeah the uh I mean, I think I think Jeff and, and, and the whale community talked a little bit about it already, but uh, Top Gun is in the hopper. 
And actually, uh, right after this listening party, uh, we're going to be dropping the first three helmets in that series. There's going to be a total of uh, four drops, um, and you'll definitely recognize some names on those helmets. Um, so we'll get into more detail, and I'm sure like I'm going to be in that chat, chatting along and telling you what's going on. I'm going to probably play a video right now about it, uh, you know. <laughs> so, yeah, the, that's, that's super exciting. Um, I don't know if Jeff or you guys want to like add on to that. Um, I actually, I'm still new into the business realm. So I'm like, what can I say? What can I say? Like, you know, just like, what, what's my ammo? Yeah, stop talking, <laughs> Russ. What the hell? No, I think, no, no, Jay, no, no, Jay, no, if you want to no, talk no. about, you know, Top Gun and, and some of the design of the helmets. You know, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, like, um, yeah. So um, what we did was, um, you guys might might know that a few months ago, like the Maverick helmet sold for about sixty five thousand dollars, the original one from the Top Gun movie, and one of the brands, one of the IPs that we had was Top Gun, and uh, we've been working with the studios and going through the footage and creating absolute identical helmets of the whole Top Gun squad and one of the bad guys. And we've created these in, insanely detailed 3D NFTs based around all of the main characters in the Top Gun movie. And we've got some incredible, we get access to, you know, the archives, things that haven't seen the live day for many, many years. And so we got some really incredible Top Gun stuff coming down the line very soon. But we're starting off by launching the Top Gun helmets and there's going to be three dropping a week. I believe that's right. Is that Russ? Yep. Three week, three week, uh, month, going to be month long yeah. helmet drops. Yep, uh, and we're going to have like a month long competition, accumulating in some an incredible, one of a kind piece of Top Gun merch. It's it's going to be a very exciting month. We've had this one with us for a long time. We've worked on this Top Gun IP for a long time, and we've honestly the things that the, the hoops that we've had to jump through, and the, the things that and the heartaches we've had, like discovering all of a sudden that we couldn't <laughs> use the planes. Oh, that was brutal. Um, it really was, it was, because it turned out that normally when the license, um, when you license uh, a, a movie, you get all the planes, but oh. the planes are still licensed by the plane manufacturers. And we've been talking to them, oh, just, and we create them, you should see them, they're insane. But anyway, Top Gun Maverick's coming next year, let's see how we do with that. But it's going to be, it's going to be great. It's going to be great, I'm really I mean, excited. This is it. probably a little bit like in the weeds, but I mean, do you guys give the the drop structure the drop format sequencing cadence uh, a whole lot of thought um do you have a philosophy around it i feel like a lot of the marketplaces that are coming into the space they're discovering the magic of these drops um and the involvement and excitement that it generates within the communities just curious if you guys mm -hmm. have deeper thoughts on on the drops yeah that's actually kind of like my area yeah. a little bit just because the hype culture i mean yeah. you can't escape it and it's fun and so Basically, we're bringing on the consistency of drops so people know what to expect. We're trying to hit the time zones, like find that sweet spot um, and, you know, like just to do everything that, that people are used to and appreciate. Um, that's that's what we're doing now. We're bringing on like consistent auctions. We're bringing on. So when you have to, you'll know when the next B flex is going to drop. And because if, if especially if you want to grab one of the platinums, um, you know, you'll know when to set your alarm. Hopefully it'll be in the middle of the day and not the middle of the night for you, but we're working, we're working towards convenience. And so, yeah, I, I'd like to be able to like introduce like a drop calendar so people know way in advance what's going on. So yeah, we're definitely working towards, um, 
some system that definitely respects people all around the world and gives everyone an opportunity to participate and have the same chance as uh, anyone else. Um, so that's definitely, that's a great question because that's something we, we're putting a lot of thought into for sure. And this is where Russ is absolutely key. I mean, we just to have that cadence so that people know on this date, this will happen. So there's a, a timing thing that we've seen other people do. We've been more ad hoc about it in the past, but this is where we really want to try to, like Russ said, find the sweet spot. Clearly, you guys are on the right direction by hopping on our podcast and uh, <laughs> setting up the listening party and everything. Hey, we, we were like, who are the two of the coolest guys in the industry that we need to talk to? And it was just like, I mean, how could we not Yo. get on the Matt on the Riz show? Oh, like, shit. Come, come on. Oh, it's like we're, we're like celebrity status if we're here now. That's, that's right, man. <laughs> um, I mean, my LinkedIn, my LinkedIn's going to blow up. I got founder of Dark Mode for Terror. I, I, I got joined to Matt and, Matthew and Riz show. I mean, I'm just like... My inbox is about to be blown up. Critical, critical mass. Here we come. Any second now. Yo, <laughs> <laughs> um, know, one of the things uh, we like to do as we get close to closing the show is just sort of like shake out everyone's crypto wallets. And I, I'm always interested in what people are playing around with or tinkering around with that doesn't necessarily have anything to do with what they're like professionally working on. Uh, so do you guys have any like interesting collections that you're uh, accruing outside of Terra Virtua stuff or any projects that you're super interested in at the moment uh, outside of what you guys got going on? I guess I'll start since I think I'm the biggest collector on, on the team. I think I have over 14,000 NFTs. Um, Damn. Yeah. So, I, I mean, I, I, I dabble into, into a lot of things. So if it's cool, I can probably name a, a bunch of things that I'd like to give a shout out to. I mean, one is it, is definitely Avastars. Uh, you know, uh, I, when I was joined and, and chatting up with people in the whale community, I was really trying to learn more about it, and it's really in depth. And I, it's just it's a really really cool cool type of um, you know gaming entity and collection entity that I think everybody should check out. I got to give a shout out to to Crypto Motors, um, who's still uh, they've been around for a while. Um, you know, Leandro is is running that, who's just just an absolute phenomenal designer. And, uh, you know, who's developing a, a racing game, you know, as Jawad mentioned, we're, we're talking with him. So I have uh, just scooped up an item of that recently. Another thing is um, uh, my buddy, uh, Crypto Block Dan, who actually does some community moderation with us, who is working with his young daughter on kids art. And I know that there have been some large collectors in the space that have been paying attention to kids art for these, these young children getting into the game early, as we've seen art just has been an utter t- kaboom, so to speak, you know, whatever <laughs> atom bomb, whatever, you know, phrase metaphor you want to use for it. So I was thinking, you know, maybe I should start looking at some of these kids are getting in early as the future generations start getting into the digitalizing their artwork. You know, we have these, you know, the IMAX, the iPads, all, all sorts of, of computers where people can just, jump right into art so i've been looking at that with uh unicorn olivia art very small he is he's a, a very close friend of mine so it's it's one of the young artists that i'm looking to invest in um i've also started checking out i'm actually a big gods and chain collector i have to put that out there uh you know i own one of the rarest crypto punks i have one of the pilot punks I mean, I'm just going through some of my stuff right now and it's, I, I could talk forever, but I think right now, you know, God's Unchained is something that I actually enjoy playing. I haven't had much time to play recently. I'm a pretty big collector in that space. I have about, I think, uh, 
13,000 cards alone uh, just for Gods Unchained. I've also been looking at uh, some of the stuff that the RNG guys are doing. They have been talking with Artifact, who people will be familiar with their, you know, their, their 3D digital shoes that they've seen. They just did a recent uh, art launch within their Discord, and I was bidding on a few items with, with Artifact's art there. So uh, I think, and um, I'm trying to think what else I have here that's on the, on the plate what I'm talking about. Oh, I, I invested a little bit into Blancos, um, you know, as, as we've seen that coming out, mm-hmm. you know, I had to get some of the founders packs there, uh, which I'm actually really excited about that game. That looks really cool. So I think that's <laughs> before I go too deep down, down the rabbit hole, <laughs> I think I'm going to stop there before everyone realizes does this, this guy get paid <laughs> just to put, spend money on N- NFTs. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm just sitting at the, I don't have time to do any of this stuff. Well, when- <laughs> no, no, like, 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 yeah, I, like I I'm said, you know, I, don't, I don't, you know, I enjoy this stuff. I try and find time. All, all seriousness aside, mm-hmm. yes, I don't really have time. I used to be a big Gods Unchained player, but I, you know, I just don't have time right now. But I think these are these are entities that you know I'll probably hang on to, you know, to to kind of see where the appreciation lies, either in value as well, also into game development. And, you know, and I'm not just saying this because I work here, but I, I actually own a couple of, of you know, pretty cool Terra items. I'm actually looking to, and the reason why I'm picking up these art pieces or these other collectibles, I'm actually looking to try and be, you know, a top collector inside the Terra platform itself, even though I work here. But I want to build out my art gallery. I want to build out my fan game. I want to build out my Terra Dome. So I'm actually thinking about the future and what's coming um, you know, obviously this is whole public information. I'm not, not doing, I'm not going out and saying that we have like a partnership coming with gods and Jane or something, but you know, when interoperability comes down the line, I want to be able to fill out all of my, my caves, dome, art galleries and, and have them be like, you know, I want to showcase my stuff. I'm a collector first. So that's, that's really where I stand. Jeff, 100%. Your next job is to get on uh, Easing Crypto's Collectors Hub show, and you, you got like the OG collector status. Seriously, <laughs> yes. man, I'm I'm not kidding at all. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I've I've been in the game game for a while. I I, I actually traded uh, for that rare crypto punk. Um, I was one of the guys that built. I, I think someone tore it down, which I can't believe they did. But I was the one that built Tesla in crypto boxes on Mars when it first came out. And I actually traded the uh, crypto Tesla building I made, you know, with a bunch of cool pictures of Elon and stuff. That with some crypto skulls, uh, came out, believe it or not. Uh, I traded a big package for that uh, for one of the pumps, which, you know, ended up being a, a pretty good trade. Um, you know, a gentleman that I know in the space that wanted to do it at the time when crypto voxels was well, they're still jumping. But yeah, I've 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 been around I've been around the block. I think you know working with OpenSea for a while was kind of kind of helpful in being able to study you know what's new on the block, what's what's gonna last, what's not gonna last. And but I brought that knowledge over here, so I I, I listen. I, I I'm a collector first and through. Exactly, and and in my case, it's like I tend not 
to have a lot of time to look at projects outside of our ecosystem. I um, because I'm a collector as well, but but you know, like I've been collecting comics since I was ten. I you know I love movies and merch and everything else. So wh- what I tend to really get excited about is actually some of the artists on our platform. Like you got Amrita who does incredible stuff based on voice waveforms. I buy her stuff even though we're selling it. And Nick Percival who we just bought on the platform last week. I mean, he did Hellraiser, Judge Dredd. I mean, the art is insane. So my enthusiasm for NFTs yeah. is all around the NFTs that we're bringing. And literally, I'm, I've, I've got tunnel vision at the moment because as I'm such a great big comics fan, having like a AAA comic artist and more of them coming on board, I'm like a kid in a candy store and I don't really have time to look further than my front yard at the moment, but I'm just loving the NFTs and the art that's where i'm really excited yeah art is definitely art yeah. is definitely exciting I'm for sure i want to keep it simple since my bosses are on the call <laughs> chair virtual chair virtual all day that's bs <laughs> not the question no, Russ, yes, but that, that, listen that, i wouldn't want to follow jeff either BS. just because you're interested <laughs> in <laughs> space <laughs> <laughs> yeah, spit it out, Russ. Come spit on, Russ hits me up all the time. He's like, "Hey, you know, we were even talking yesterday, uh, you know, about uh, PewDiePie came out and started doing a partnership with this Anthony called uh, Wallam. I, I, I think it was. I, I don't know, but you know, anytime there's a big entity that comes in the space, you know, I, I, I shared the article, and Russ was like, "How'd you get access to this early?" I was like, "Dude, it's time zones. It's their day ahead." And um, <laughs> You know, we we already we talk online, so yes, Russ. I know you're. You know, you've been a collector. I know you've been around the block. <laughs> Speak up, well, spit I, it I, out, man. I'm gonna, I'm gonna be out. respectful to the time. Uh, I, I think we're probably coming up on an hour, right? It feels feels like, but no. It, all this is like interoperability research, like because we. I mean, we're full aware that like these things are going to be uh, visualized in the ter- in the Terradome. Like, you know, I'm advocating for. Russ, what are you talking about? The yeah, question Russ. is, what NFTs are in your wallet? Not shit. Yeah, spit it out, dude. <laughs> okay. All right. I'll, I'll drop one. I'll drop one. Stina Jones is my girl. We'll drag this hey, out for an hour and a hey, half if we have to. Noodles. Stina Jones, she's rocking it. So that's, 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 that's my plug right there. Yeah. There you go. Love that girl. I like that. We'll Thanks. accept that. Stina's, Stina's OG. That's awesome. And then, uh, like Russ said, we, we are coming up on that hour mark. So I just want to make sure I mean, we covered a ton of ground. Uh, I, I'm really excited that we, we hit all the, the items that we had laid out beforehand. Um, but I just want to make sure that we did that. So if there's anything uh, that we left untouched that anyone wants to talk about, or if anyone wants to uh, reiterate any of the, the upcoming drops that people need to pay attention to, or any of the sites people need to go to, or handles that they need to follow, uh, this this would be a perfect one time thing, to do that. One thing I think is, is important too before mm-hmm. we end is uh, it'd be really awesome if people can come join our Discord. Uh, you know, go to our Twitter on you know just care uh, underscore Virtua and uh, Russ. I got that right, right? So I, I know we had an yeah. issue with trying to get the actual full name. Okay, yeah. So uh, you'll find the link for the Discord there. And one thing that's cool is we are we are releasing our own. Uh, token soon and we're going to have a program called prestige which is going to be uh, super intriguing because there's going to be a lot of staking mechanisms that a lot of rewards within that uh, a lot of it will actually be done through discord 
Um, you know, will be includes token drops, NFT drops, um, you know, special features on your profile page, which we're building for, for Terra Vachua. Lots of cool stuff going to be around that prestige program. So uh, not only, you know, come check out our collectibles, check out the platform, but jump in Discord and, you know, keep your eye on that. And plus, last thing I want to say is feedback. We are building this based on community feedback. You know, I think Russ mentioned it before, and even Jawad, you know, with the closed space, we're not building something small and trying to shove it down everybody's throats. People speak up. Tell us what sucks. Tell us what's awesome. Tell us what you want to see. You know, even tell us, you know, if there's a, a type of company or a certain intellectual property you want us to go after to see if they'll make collectibles. We will do it. We pay attention to the community because we want to build something that people actually use, people actually enjoy, and we're just not cash grabbers trying to build a product and sell a bunch of stuff. We want this to literally be, you know, a a community type of environment. And and one thing I'll just add that, like a little sneak peek, and and I think this iterates what uh, reiterates what Jeff says. What we're looking to do, you know, we we launched our our gallery. We're really proud of it. It gives you a really great experience for art. And right now we're working with, with Gabby Dyson to basically create an experience around his entire collection. So he's he's a collector and he's got some great artwork. And what we want to do is run exhibitions within Terra Virtual that are going to allow people to come and enjoy collector's art that's normally sitting on their wallets in this 3D environment, just as something fun to do for the crypto community. People can come, they can see it, and we'll do st- stuff with Gabby, like we'll have a live stream and, and a Twitch where we get the artists and we talk about the pieces. And we want to start running exhibitions and mean, becoming a hub where people can come and see the stuff people have bought. You know, And that's really, that's a key thing. We've got some incredible pieces that never see the light of day. And we, we're going to bring that into absolutely everybody. And that's going to be something we're going to be doing soon. It'll be like the Terra Virtual Exhibitions. And the first one's going to come probably in this, this coming month. We'll be talking about it soon. So that's, that's, that's a revelation. You haven't mentioned that to anyone yet. Boom. Love that. Wrapping up on that, and I'm sure the uh, listening party audience is going to have their mind blown by this point. Um, it, it was a super entertaining conversation uh, with the three of you guys. Uh, it was really fun. I, I can't wait to drop this on the listening party. It's going to be a real good time. But I just want to thank you, all, Jawad, Jeff, Russ, for taking the time to hop on our show and, and talk about everything literally everything it was a pleasure yeah matthew riz yeah you guys rock man thanks a lot for this it is it's really cool to to, to find different outlets to talk about tara and, and you guys have been so open to chatting with us and i know you're genuinely interested in the product which makes it even better so thank you very much sincerely okay thank you very much for having us we really appreciate the, giving us the ability to come on your show and look forward to coming on again thank you yeah thank you guys it was awesome great conversation cool thanks cheers Hey, everyone. Thanks for listening. Once again, I just want to shout out November's sponsor of the show, Async Art. Everyone should go to async.art to check out all the updates for November. Look out for the layer change on Micah Johnson's sovereignty work scheduled for November 6th. And then also make sure you look out for the November 15th drop of ETH Boy, created by A Lot of Money and Trevor Jones. So thank you again. And don't forget, async.art. That's A-S-Y-N-C dot art. See you next episode.